0: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, November 19th. As always, I'm your host, with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Fridays on Base. Off Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, to which I am a staff writer for. You can check out my latest piece on there, actually, about the Padres starting rotation from a more broad sense and how desperately they need to add stuff, or not desperately they need to add stuff. So check that out, guys. You can follow me on Twitter, Javapeno, or at LO underscore Padres for the Twitter account for the show, obviously, uh, where a bunch of memes and updates on the show go. Uh, if you see me right now pointing, that means you're watching YouTube. Don't see me pointing, you can check out the YouTube Lockdown Padres on YouTube for my audio listeners. A link to the channel is in the description of the podcast. And Lord Lee, man, ladies and gentlemen, today, let me tell you, before you know, it's just it's a great episode. It's a great episode. I think. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Uh, for today's show, we are breaking down the American League Cy Young, the National League Cy Young, the American League MVP, and the National League MVP. Kind of, of course, we're going to be starting with National League. Going to get into that, and then just going to give my general take on kind of the American League at, at Shohei Ohtani. Because there's not much to discuss there, uh, if we're being honest. Uh, it was a, a unanimous vote, but I feel like I just want to give my short opinion on kind of like. That sort of mini discourse, I think, and just talk about how incredible Showtime it was this year. So let's get into it. Oh, and then also at the end of the podcast, last segment, we're doing a mock trade that was sent my way via the YouTube comments. And you guys could send me mock trades, too. I'd love to talk about them on the show. But let's get into it, guys. Last night, it was announced. uh, The National League MVP kind of ballot came out um, via the old MLB network, and it was very fun. Um, Here's what I will say. I've talked many times and addressed how I thought that Bryce Harper should win the MVP. I thought the player for a myriad of reasons, which I'll go over in a second. But, um, you know, it was it was at least pretty contested. I will say this vote. It was it was at least like there was I really thought that you could vote for three guys this year. And there wouldn't really be that much of an issue, in my opinion, if you voted for any of them. So the breakdown went Bryce Harper won first. Juan Soto won second and then Fernando Tatis went third. Juan Soto had um, 11 second-place votes, six first-place votes, while Fernando Tatis had two first-place votes, five second-place votes, and 15 third-place votes. And then finally, of course, Bryce Harper, who I should have mentioned first, had 17 first-place votes, nine second-place votes, and two third-place votes. In terms of four and five, it was Brandon Crawford and Corey Seager, which I actually think is a or, I'm, I'm sorry, not Corey Seager, Trey Turner, who I actually think is, I think four and five that that fits for them. I, I really do. I think that that's pretty great. The fact that Brandon Crawford, who was looked at as a guy that. I think Giants fans and baseball fans were saying, let's see if they can salvage what's left left of this last contract. How can they maybe get rid of him this last year, maybe move on, get another shortstop? Uh, All of a sudden, he became one of the most valuable hitters in the National League. Uh, An incredible, incredible story for an incredible team. Um, And I I also genuinely wouldn't begrudge too many people for saying that they would vote him maybe third or even second or maybe even first a little bit. Uh, Even though I think that the numbers, he was a little bit outclassed in a lot of areas. I do not blame people who were like, I mean, just the surprise factor. You know what I mean? There's nothing surprising, really, about Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, and Fernando Tatis Jr. being the top three finalists. Uh, some people would say Bryce Harper, but those people are probably watching like PTI too much. It's stuff like that. And I love PTI for the record, but people being like, he only had hit 260 or whatever the heck he's been. He had two very, very, very good seasons, including a truncated one in 2020 for the Phillies. He just didn't have best player in baseball seasons, but he's been very good. That contract is looking okay right now. And his second MVP, Bryce Harper, may be heading to the Hall of Fame and some people you know they they uh, someone mentioned yesterday on twitter who i quote tweeted and it's i forgot who it was believe in padre's podcast who i follow um on twitter who was basically like you know after the mvp vote came out he said as ask any gm in the league who they would rather have on their team next season 100% will say tatis junior um and i disagree with that i think that the best part about the sport right now is that there isn't really a like there's you could name like seven guys, which is what I responded to on Twitter. Where I was like, you could say Tatis, you could say Soto, you could say Harper, you could say Trout, you could say Betts, you could say, I mean, some people might even say DeGrom. I know that the pitchers aren't as valuable. Some people might even say DeGrom. Um, You could probably say, who else? You could say Shohei Otani. I think I already said Mike Trout. There's a lot of players that you can say right now. Vladdy Jr., like, I don't really think that there's any outwardly wrong answer. I really don't. I mean, I know that some of them didn't have... The better seasons. I know Mookie Betts did not have his best season, but everybody like that was one season. And in general, Mookie Betts is probably one of the best players in baseball. Like there's just there's a lot that goes into this, I think. Um, and I really don't think that there's a wrong answer directly. If someone's taking Bryce Harper over Juan Soto, do I disagree? A little bit, a little bit maybe. But the guy did just win an MVP. So I don't think that I'm really gonna send much dissent towards that point. It might just be personal preference, and that's what's great about baseball right now. So while it is a little bit unfortunate. That Tatis did win the MVP, there were reasons to it. Number one, uh, missed a lot of games this year. 31 games missed. He had the shoulder issue, which, for, for, for the record, it's incredible that he was able to play through that and still deliver a great season. Had the 40-plus bombs and the 25 stolen bases. Multi-dimensional player. Great base runner. Love all that stuff. Base running doesn't get talked about um, necessarily too much, in my opinion. I actually think people don't talk about base running enough. And he was incredible. And he's still super young and finishing third in MVP voting. Who cares? I mean, it was incredible. It was incredible. And what I do like is one thing that we saw about Tatis's season this year versus last season is last season he really fell off the map. Uh, heading into the second half of the season, he had a really bad last month, and that basically kind of resulted in him not having uh, winning the MVP. And this year, while he had like a couple months that weren't great, there wasn't like a tremendous fall off, which I love. Um, and I think that that speaks volumes to Tatis's pl- uh value as a player, and he's getting better. I think he's going to get better at defense. He wasn't nearly as bad as all the naysayers were saying this year. Wasn't great. Wasn't good. This ain't no Brandon Crawford at short base, but he was still a solid um, defensive player for the most part. And it didn't really matter his defense because his offense was just so, so good. Um, so, really, that's kind of my opinion on all that stuff. I think that um, it was cool. I like that. And I like that it was a contested vote. Like I said, I really think that you could have gone in a bunch of different directions. Harper. I'll repeat one more time. I think his at-bats mattered more. I think, yes, I know Philly didn't make the playoffs. Yes, I know Philly wasn't all that better in a vacuum than a team like the Padres. But in my opinion, you still knew that those games mattered for Philly for a long, long time. And he always seemed to come through with a home run, with a walk, even though he's basically the only one, only player in that lineup getting a lot of pitches to hit. He just seemed to come through. Did they make the playoffs? No, but I just think, you know, uh, if you take it to account the time missed and the fact that, look, Tatis, guys, everybody's going to be talking about the fact that the Padres collapsed, not Tatis's MVP season. Sorry, that's just kind of how how it's viewed. And then with Soto, who I think should have finished third, personally, I would have had Tatis ahead of him. Uh, Just because I feel like, yes, I know that players have been, when Cy Young's and all that stuff before and MVPs and have been in the conversation before, even with their teams being bad, I just don't like that essentially no one... There's so many people that you could talk to who would be like, "Oh wow, Juan Soto had a great year." They weren't like paying attention to the Nationals because the Nationals weren't good, and they completely tanked in the second half. Like they they entered the rebuild. So it's just weird that like was to help the Nationals that actually mattered really with Juan Soto this year. That's just me, and I feel like that, and to an extent, should pay at least a little bit of credence to the MVP case since it wasn't as much of a wipeout uh, discrepancy in numbers. You guys can turn that out. I know about the base war. I know about the 6.6 per 6.1. I know about the incredible walk rate. I get it, but in my opinion, just none of those at-bats really mattered, and I wish that they mattered. Even Tatis, while the Padres did collapse... Even his at bats really mattered because it was a while before they were officially eliminated. The Nationals were officially eliminated right at that trade deadline, basically. That's that's when we knew, okay, that team's out of it immediately. You know what I'm saying? So that's just my view, guys. Um, And before we now talk about, the next thing we're going to talk about, guys, we're going to be talking about the American League. Oh, and also, just a quick thing on the NL Cy Young, shouts to Corbin Burns. Uh, Jeff Passan had a tweet that I agreed with where he was like, the biggest trick that nerds ever pulled was convincing you that innings doesn't matter. that's true. What if Zach Wheeler goes out and pitches not a bunch like four bad starts, and then all of a sudden his ERA is just, and, and a lot of his numbers are just as slanted in the wrong direction as someone like Corbin um, Burns, who ended up taking the Cy Young. That's that's fine. And to all the people who are like, this award, we all know that it goes to Degrom if he's healthy. It's like, okay, but he wasn't healthy. You know what I'm saying? It's like I hate when people say that. It's like, yeah, well, if this guy was healthy and if he if this guy actually played, he would have won. It's like, well, I think. Plague actually determines that, so you're not making that grand grand of a statement, so uh, that's just how I feel about it, guys. Now, before we get into the AL and um, Cy Young and MVP, just kind of giving my thoughts on that because it is an iconic one. I know this is a Padres podcast, but it is an iconic win that occurred last night. Let me first talk to you about Thanksgiving, because I love Thanksgiving, all of the good food, all of the good treats, and plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert, Maybe you want a yummy dessert, but it isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for built Bars, guys. They are the new holiday dessert. I'm gonna be getting some myself, man. You feast on something delicious and you feel good about it. All right, forget the, the, the apple pies and all that. Get apple almond crisp built bars. Forget the, the cherry pie or whatever that you're getting at Thanksgiving. Get the cherry barcia, which is my my mom's favorite built Bar, Coconut pie. Don't worry about it. Get the Coconut Built Bar. They have so many different flavors um, to choose from. Great variety. I love that about them. And they've got new flavors coming out all the time, which is really great. So you should go check that out. Um, Low calorie, low carb, low fat, and high protein. Covered 100% chocolate. Very good. Very yummy. Great variety of flavors. I don't know, man. I've been obsessed with these things for about a year now. So uh, now you could be obsessed with them too. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Remember there's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Woo-wee. Woo-wee, everybody. Woo-wee. I- to speak for a second there. Uh, thank you for making Lockdown Padres your hashtag for a solicit every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And now let's get into the second topic of the show, which is the American League Cy Young and American League MVP. Just going to give my brief thoughts on this because I feel like it's worth talking about and getting it on the record because I'm a baseball mind and whatnot. Uh, for everybody watching on YouTube, by the way, check out my hoodie. It's a, it's a nice hoodie. If you can spot the reference, if you know what this reference is for. Send me a note on Twitter, tweet at the accounts, comment on the YouTube video, whatever, and uh, I don't know what I'll do. I'll do something, though. Maybe, maybe I'll guarantee an answer to whatever question you ask, if you answer uh, this um This question of mine, uh, what is this hoodie a reference to? But anyway, guys, let's talk about it. American League Cy Young, and I know the Cy Youngs happened a couple days ago. We got the announcement, but Robbie Ray won first place. He is the American League Cy Young winner for the American League, uh, and it was pretty great. He beats out Garrett Cole, and here's the thing. I'm going to talk about this very quickly. Um, I know that there's a lot of like peripherals and stuff that Garrett Cole was better in. He was. Better strikeout rate better miss rate all that stuff um a lo- a lower hard hit rate than Robbie Ray who had like one of the highest hard hit rates in the, in the, of the league and it didn't really give up maybe as many long balls except apparently to the Red Sox as as Robbie Ray so a lot of the peripherals were better Robbie Ray had a lower ERA which is an, always tell the full story of a pitcher's uh, ability and a pitcher's kind of season um, I'm not talking about necessarily expected ERA, which is an, a stat that everybody uses, which is a good stat for filling figuring out a player. But I think there's a, a difference between figuring out who's a better pitcher versus figuring out who had the best season. You know what I'm saying? It's like bottom line, he didn't give us up as many runs as Garrett Cole. You know what I'm saying? That's just how I feel about it. But anyway, before I get yelled at by any analytics people, um, I was cool with it. I think that Garrett Cole, this would have felt very similar to Dirk Nowitzki for all my uh, my, my basketball. Um, fans out there, when he won the MVP back in like 07, 08, and then is on the podium after having lost in the first round and getting this MVP, just a bad look, it would have felt a little bit like that for Garrett Cole, at least in my opinion, because Garrett Cole, the last thing, the only thing and last thing we're remembering from just not even being able to go like three innings against the Boston Red Sox, the divisional rival, a team you've been battling all year in Fenway, and you just get absolutely destroyed. And now I don't know that they. He wasn't the only pitcher to get destroyed by Red Sox hitting this postseason. But even still, I think that if you're going to be referred to as the best pitcher in the league, absent Jacob DeGrom, the best pitcher in the league at one point over DeGrom, people had him over just because of that incredible season he had before he joined the Yankees in twenty um in 2019-2018. Like there, He had some incredible seasons, but I think that if you're going to be referred to as that, you got to go out there and do more. I know that's a hard environment to pitch in, and I know it's a pretty good team, but you got to do better than that. I mean, Max Scherzer, I referenced this when the NL wildcard happened. He didn't have the best wildcard game. He went like five, six innings, gave up like one or two runs or something like that, didn't have a lot of strikeouts, gave up a decent amount of hits, but he didn't completely break the way that someone like Garrett Cole did. So that's what I'm saying. Max Scherzer, unbelievable season for him, seriously. Um, just just incredible, just incredible. Um And then also on all this, my biggest thing for why I like Robbie Ray, uh, just such a surprise. And I know that that isn't necessarily the best way to always vote for MVP and Cy Young and all that stuff, reward stuff. But this is a guy that got traded for basically nothing out of Arizona, looking like one of the biggest, like, bad pitchers in the league because he walked too many people. He gave up too many home runs. Didn't matter how many guys he struck out. And then he comes over to Toronto and is great. The fact that Toronto had two MVP finalists and one Cy Young winner, but not make the playoffs just speaks uh, volumes to how good the American League East was this year. So again, uh, I-, I like that Robbie Ray won. Um, I'm very curious to see what he gets at free agency. I'm actually going to be writing a profile on him for just baseball.com coming up soon, but uh, just a great season. Um, I think that it's fine. he won over Garrett Cole and in general everybody should calm down you know what I mean everybody calm down I think that there's something to be said for the fact that this is such a surprising outcome Garrett Cole just had a good season a great season even but by his standards It was just like, okay, but are we going to be talking about this season? I don't know. I think we're going to be talking about that time against Tampa when Robbie Ray went like eight innings and struck out 14 in the middle of the playoff race and the Blue Jays on that win streak of theirs. I just think people are going to be talking about that more, so I was fine with it. And then lastly, the thing we are all going to be talking about the most of the season, it is not Fernando Tatis Jr. It is not Juan Soto. It is not Bryce Harper. It is American League MVP, Mr. Shohei Otani. Had the best season probably in baseball. You know why? It's simple, man. The guy was doing both things. And on top of that, he even swiped a bunch of bags on the base paths. A great base run. He even played left field once. He's pitching 133 innings. I know he didn't pitch as many as, you know, a qualified AL Cy Young starter. But even still, the fact that he was a good pitcher on top of leading the American League in home runs, all that stuff. Uh, I mean, he's a beast. He's a beast. In terms of just a pure hitter, Matty Jr. was better. I understand that. Uh, he was better. He was more... Crisp at the plate, he was just a nightmare to pitch against basically for all season, including the fact that there was a lot of good competition in the American League East. But the way I viewed it is also, um, I was just kind of happy that this was unanimous. 30 first place votes for Shohei Otani, 29 second place votes for Vlad Jr., which is almost as unanimous, if not for the fact that we got one second place vote for salvador perez shout out rylan styles of the lockdown royals podcast who's probably losing his mind and is just so happy about that look salvador Perez had a fine season ultimate slugger it was fun but defensive stats weren't great maybe influenced by the fact that the royals pitching wasn't all that great so maybe it's a little bit hard to look great defensively with that but not a lot there and just I, i i don't know i don't know the odd Base percentage wasn't uh, higher than everybody else. For a catcher, he was clearly incredible. But second place? Second place? You could have him on there, but second place, man. I mean, that means that you had him over. Like, forget the ta- the, the Shohei Otani and Vlad Jr. thing. Forget the fact that you shouldn't have him over them. Um, the, that means that you had him over Marcus Simeon, another surprise awesome, uh, I mean, surprise for some people, awesome season. That means you had him over Aaron Judge, Carlos Correa, Jose Ramirez, Matt Olson, Cedric Mullins, guys like this, Rafael Devers. That means that you voted him over those guys. That's insane to me. Uh, and it, it should absolutely not be happening. Look, Salvador Perez had a fine season for catcher, and I understand he's got the gold gloves. Great player. Um, i pay hey, the Padres would kill to have him for sure right now. But in my opinion, just pretty pretty absurd to have him second place. So that was the only absurd thing that I found that happens in the voting, whether it be National League or AL MVP. I thought that that was the only thing where I was like, really? That's what we're doing now? Come on, man. Salvador Perez second place? I mean, it was fun. I what well, it was awesome. Because fantasy baseball, you ain't getting nothing from catcher. So it's like, I just got a guy that got me like 45 home runs this year. Awesome. From the catcher position. Like, that's awesome. But um, again, not going to put too much credence into the season as much as Vlad Jr. And Shohei Otani. And again, Marcus Simeon, great season. I talked about him last season. That if the Padres want to get an infielder, maybe on the cheap, I was like, please try and get Marcus Simeon, even if it's only for one year. Because that guy's been awesome before. And he was like third in MVP voting in 2019. I don't care about his numbers in 2020. He gets better and better. And look at what he did this year. Just knocking balls out of the park. Leading the American League in extra base hits. Awesome stuff. Uh, shout out to Marcus Simeon. And shout out to Shoyotane. Otani. Um, it's kind of crazy to look back at. you know We had that Stephen A. Smith moment early on this year when he said he couldn't be the face of baseball because he didn't speak English. Which was, to put it very bluntly, kind of a racist statement um, to make, which was just ridiculous for you to say that. Um, for a wide net of reasons, that was just completely absurd. But I really liked... Um, just watching Otani this year. I mean, it was incredible. I don't know about you guys, but just in terms of like a team that wasn't your own, there was nothing more exciting than I've seen in baseball than like that feeling I had watching Otani at the Home Run Derby. That was like the first time I cared about something that wasn't like super my team. Like I was aggressively, fervently rooting and watching that Home Run Derby and had nothing to do with my team. You know what I mean? Next year, I think it will have something to do with our team as Fernando Tatis Jr. probably is going to be the home run derby. Probably, probably. Again, he didn't get the shoulder surgery, so maybe he might not. Um... at least as of now, hasn't got the shoulder surgery. So we'll see how that plays out. But that's how I view it. Um, Very exciting times. I am so happy about Shohei Otani winning. A great season with all the dumb Stephen A stuff. The fact that he was doing everything. He was the story of the season that we will never forget. It was such a great season that I almost don't even care if he's not able to live up to it again. You know what I'm saying? Can it get better than this? I don't know. But if he still just keeps this up, that's going to be remarkable. And if he gets better at hitting or pitching either one of them, I mean, we're just seeing something incredible, and every baseball fan should be rooting for him. It is between him and Tatis for the face of baseball, as far as I am concerned. I know that you can argue there are players better, but in terms of the face of baseball, it's those two guys. Don't overthink it. Shohei Otani, your 2021 AL MVP and one of the most beloved stories that's happened in the sport in a very long time. But now, guys, before we get into the last segment that is more Padres oriented of the podcast today, I want to take a quick second to talk to you about we're back and better than ever, ladies and gentlemen, a new web interface for the basketball season and everything. BetOnline has you covered not just with baseball, not just with basketball, not just with football, with everything, man, from basketball to football to even NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season, including one, and here's the thing, their new updated web top. Hold on, their new updated desktop, web top, or mobile website to sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use that promo code locked on to receive your bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, final stretch run, ladies and gentlemen. Final stretch run. It guys, let's do a mock trade that has to do with the Padres. Guys. This is a fun one that was sent to me via Alberto Morlet on the old YouTube page, uh, responding to my video, I think, about Luis Castillo. And it is a question about Luis Castillo. He says, I am down Castillo for gore pack and a 10 to 20 prospect. What do you think? That's my humble opinion. Thank you for saying your humble opinion, sir. Uh, thank you for sending that in. Uh, my take on this, um, first of all let's let's talk about the deal side of things first, because that that I think is a little bit easier to discuss. Uh, I don't think the Reds take that. I know that the Reds are rebuilding. And by the way, I, I when i whenever I talk about trades and stuff, I always have to mention like we're always talking about in theory. We don't know if the Reds are going to be like one of those teams that does something silly. You know what I mean, if we we always talk about that pirates trade with with Chris Archer for Meadows, Shane Baz, and um, uh, what's his name Tyler Glass now? But like it's it's possible that stuff like that happens and that. They're just like, We'll take Paddock and a 10 to 20, and that's it. That's all we want for Luis Castillo. It's not impossible, but in terms of just theoretically um – um yeah. I don't think that that's enough to get Luis Castillo. You have to keep in mind that while he did have a little bit down of a season, a lot of that came in the first half and his ERA and all those stuff in August, basically ever since that beginning two months of the season when he had a seven and was just getting absolutely torched. Um, he was great. He has an unbelievable, uh, swing and miss stuff. I love his pitch mix. The fact that yes, his sinker wasn't the best pitch, but the fact that he throws four pitches at basically a, not the same amount of time, but like a good percentage of the time, I just really like the mix uh, a good percentage wise. Um, He's a great pitcher, and he has club control for a while. I think two years, if I'm not mistaken. So... That's why he's gonna cost so much. And Mackenzie Gore and Chris Paddock, you would be probably, if you're the Reds, you're basically buying on struggling arms. And if you're giving up Luis Castillo, do you wanna go for two arms that have been struggling? Mackenzie Gore has not looked all that great in the minor leagues. You know, Keith Law started talking about him and then all of a sudden he plummeted it back down. You know, I mean he had a couple good starts and then fell off. He said he looks like, but in fairness, Mackenzie Gore. There is a lot of still optimism, I think, around just baseball prospect people, people that I talk to are like, he looks good. Like, he does look good. It's got to be mental stuff. It's got to be mental. Maybe guys like Ruben Nieba, maybe the overhaul of the pitching development side of things in the Padres organization can help him. Or maybe, uh, more to be quite frank, maybe this is just the case of he's going to be a really good pitcher potentially, but he wasn't a guy that debuted at age 22. Maybe it's age 24 you know what i'm saying like that happens every now and then remember that sometimes guys take a little bit of time to debut i know that it's yeah, just precipitously following falling in the prospect rankings the fact that he was the best pitching prospect and it is all the way around the 60s right now that doesn't happen very often when a pitcher hasn't made it to the major leagues and they just something happened in the myers and it was not non-injury related for the most part as far as we know so i get that but my thing is like with chris paddock Nobody, I think I would still trade for Chris Paddock if I was another team because I would be betting on the Padres just being one of those organizations that can't, you know, develop pitching. And he's probably better than what he has already. But in general, I don't think Chris Paddock is all that good. I think that I like that he increased the curveball usage a little bit this year, but his changeup, which was an unhittable pitch his first season, which was a very much unhittable, not totally unhittable pitch, his second season, his fastball isn't any good um it improved a little bit this year but then his changeup became more hittable so maybe teams are figuring out every time he seems to improve a little bit teams seem to catch up on him so maybe he's not the sheriff ace guy that uh people might have projected him to be and that's not a good thing so if you're the reds I'm not really doing this deal I'm just not I like Mackenzie Gore don't get me wrong but you have two more years of control for Luis Castillo it feels like you would be selling just to sell You know what I'm saying? And if you're the Padres, I don't necessarily know if you want to sell on Gore yet. Because what if he debuts next year? What if he debuts the year after? The Padres need some flexibility with their farm system. And I think that that's another thing about this. A 10 to 20 prospect, once upon a time, I think teams would have done this. I think teams, I mean, They easily would have done this if this was heading into the 2020 season, back when Gore was still a top pitching prospect. And Chris Paddock, too? You probably wouldn't even have to throw in Chris Paddock. You'd probably just have to throw in Gore and a top 10 to 20 prospect, and you'd probably get yourself Luis Castillo. But nowadays, they're struggling, and teams are like, I don't want to give up this guy that's a proven commodity, who has club control for guys that are struggling. And the Padres farm system isn't what it used to be. Those 10 to 20 prospects in the 10 to 20 range aren't what they used to be. Ethan Elliott... Interesting, exciting prospect. Maybe he can do better with Ruben Niebla because there's certain things with his strikeout and his walk rate that line up with things that Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland Guardians, now have been able to, uh, you know, capitalize off of these type of skill sets. So maybe Niebla can help out Ethan Elliot. But uh, for the most part, I just I don't see it. I don't think that there are too many people in the Padres prospect farm system after everybody that AJ Peller has given up that are all that exciting and enticing enough for the Reds to make this deal or for anyone to make a deal. Unless, especially for a star caliber player that I think Luis Castillo is when he's at his best. Um, I think that people, this is the this is the negative, guys. Last offseason was great. But one thing that I noted last offseason was, hey, they paid a hefty sum for Blake Snell. They paid for, no, they didn't really, I don't think they gave up too much for you, Darvish. But they paid a hefty sum for Blake Snell. They've given up a lot of players over these years. They gave up some stuff for Trent Grisham, who I think is okay. Didn't have a very disappointing season for me. but. Luis Urias, not a bad player. Eric Lauer, not a bad player. You gave up stuff. And now your farm system, all that depth that you once had, which was heralded as the best farm system in the history of baseball, practically by uh, most MLB scouts, it's wearing thin. You still got the golden eggs. You still got Gore. You still got Campuzano. You still got Hassel. And, of course, you still have CJ Abrams, who's going to be a beast. Guys, that guy's going to be awesome. I can't wait until he potentially debuts. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you still have those golden eggs, so we're not hopeless, but – and this ain't the same depth, man. It's gonna be hard for them to make moves the same way, especially if we're talking about star players. You want to trade for a guy like, I don't know, uh, what's a, what's a good kind of mon- moderately good pitcher right now? You know what I mean? Like some of the guys I've mentioned in free agency, uh, you know, which you can sign a free agency. Let's just pretend for a second that they're that they have to be traded. Like guys like that, you can maybe trade for, but it's gonna be very difficult, man. This is the gamble they take when trading prospects, and I think people have to keep that in mind. So, yeah, I say I think the Reds say no. I think the Padres would say yes to that deal potentially, although I don't necessarily think that starting pitching is a thing that they need right now. I really don't. I think that they need to just go add some back end of the rotation depth and hope that kind of the guys that they already have start improving and getting better. It's not inconceivable, guys, which is what I wrote about at Just Baseball. You can check that out. And, yeah. That's about it, guys. Thank you for making Locked On Padres one more time your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Now make Locked On Bets your second listen, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. And now, in terms of the future of this podcast, guys, Monday coming at you, the last final part of the free agency kind of breakdown of Keith laws, top 50 free agents. Maybe we'll get some more deals over the weekend. Uh, I know a lot of people have been talking about the lockout stuff, how they have like two weeks before we potentially hit, enter a work stoppage. Maybe we're going to see some signings. Uh, people have been rumoring that Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, some of the top guys might get signed quickly. That would be really exciting. And I'll definitely talk about it. Who knows if maybe the Padres out of nowhere will go nuts and sign one of these guys. Unlikely. Yeah. So don't get your hopes up, but I do think the Padres are going to make moves this off season for sure. And it's going to be very, very fun. Hey, the Bob Melvin was already fun, so gonna be breaking down anyway, guys. Part five, the final part, maybe giving some of my favorite picks overall for the free agency kind of wish list this off season. Something that I completely whiffed on last year. <laughs> I completely whiffed. I was like. I think Corey Kluber, Jake Odorizzi, I like Brad Miller as some bench depth, and, this guy. and then it's like Blake Snow, Joe Musgrove, you Darvish, you know what I mean, like it just completely blew it out of the water, uh, whatever my, um, not ideal situation was, but what I thought might happen, what I thought might be realistic, so who knows what the Padres do, going to be doing that on Monday, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, I don't know which day, uh, going to We're going to be doing a little crossover with Ryland of Locked on Thunder and Locked on Royals, most importantly, because this is baseball. Um, We're going to be doing a uh, baseball things we're thankful for in honor of the Thanksgiving holiday. So that should be a lot of fun. Might be talking with some prospect people or just giving my takes on any of your guys' questions. Be sure to send me some five-star views on the Apple Podcast app with a description. Uh, In the description, write a question or leave a comment on YouTube or tweet at me at Javapena or whatever. uh, And I will definitely answer those questions before we enter uh, kind of the the twilight of the year. We're almost done with 2021, guys. Kind of crazy. It's, It's flying by. And man, oh man, I can't wait till December 17th. I need to see it, man. I need my guy, Toby Maguire, Spider-Man. I know he's in it. I know it. I know he is. And I just can't freaking wait, guys. Uh, but anyway, with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to get your podcast from. Um, follow myself on Twitter at Javi, I-P-E-N-O or at L-O underscore Padres. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My prior faithful homies, take care.